Litcentric Radio is sponsored by Book Taco, an online program for managing independent reading in grades K-8. Book Taco is an affordable alternative to Accelerated Reader with an engaging, inclusive environment for the diverse students you serve. Book Taco has a really helpful feature called Book Lists that help you and your students locate and organize the books you want to read. I'll tell you more about them in this episode. Hi, and welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. Well, it's been a whirlwind of activity since our last episode here at Litcentric Radio, and you're probably noticing a sound quality difference in today's episode. I hope it's not too bad, um, but that's because I'm not near my usual podcasting setup and my equipment. And the reason is, is that our family is one of many that had to evacuate during the wildfires that are raging across California. We live in the world-famous wine country of Napa Valley. We're very, very lucky. Um, it's a beautiful place to live. But unfortunately, we've been hit by another set of fires that are really, really close to home. So close, in fact, that our entire town and the next one over have been evacuated. So I apologize for the audio quality or differences you might experience in today's episode, but the show must go on, right? Well, I'm looking forward to sharing new teaching ideas with you today using a text I bet you haven't heard of before. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at pacing with the text, boy, oh boy. And this is a text by Cliff Leak. And the reason I love this text is it's full of inspiring and diverse set of biographies that will hold any child's interest. And the author has really included truly a diverse set of men and boys who really are an inspiring set of people. And there actually is a really special author's note in the beginning that's really the whole page. It's quite long. And the author talks about, you know, this concept of boys will be boys and how what a flawed concept that really is. And his message to all the readers is that there is no one way to be a man. And that's, I think, an important message for us to hear today when maybe some of the men who um, are being portrayed as leaders or, um, you know, in the spotlight, um, aren't always showing maybe the best qualities of what it means to be a man or to be a good human. So this book is full of interesting, flawed, um, beautiful, fantastic people who really show all the different facets of what it can be to be a man. And what I like to use this book for is for teaching students how to be aware of pacing in writing and how determining importance really supports good pacing in a piece. And we're going to be talking about that today through our text minute questions, bleeding into our bridge chart, which then supports our uh, writing task. So let's take a look at today's text, Boy Oh Boy. It's a collection of 30 single page biographies that feature men from all walks of life. And in today's lesson, we're going to show students how the pacing differs between the biography about two different people. One is about Prince, the late musician, and the other is about Richard Loving, the late civil rights activist. And these biographies are really a great representation of clear, concise writing that's just the right length while including just the right information. 
both of which contribute really well to good pacing. Now, in this book, I highly recommend this for anyone who's talking about biography with students, but also if there's if you have students who are good enough readers or can read along with you, because these biographies are so brief, they really are just one page, many paragraphs, however, but they are very manageable size for students, and they're a great way to look at pacing and how that balances out throughout a piece and how the author makes decisions about pacing depending on the content of what he's sharing. I love when my students get so excited about reading that they have trouble keeping track of all the books they want to read. Isn't that the best? But the book boxes my students use aren't always the best way to keep them organized. That's where book lists come in. Book lists are a feature I love from BookTaco. When students log on to BookTaco, they can immediately click the link to book lists and start browsing for their next book or printables, quizzes, and more but there are thousands to choose from, so where do we even begin? Luckily, Book Taco lists have filters to help narrow down the options and make sure kids are choosing the books that are best for them. There's the obvious filter of books organized by grade span like K2 or 3-5, or even books for middle schoolers, but there are even more ways to discover a new book. Kids can find lists that focus on popular titles or classic literature. They can peruse lists that focus on topic or genre. Or better yet, they can search lists called After Harry Potter that features books that a Harry Potter fan might love, and Mighty Girl featuring books with fearless female main characters. Or how about the list called If You Like Diary of a Wimpy Kid that I know would really be helpful for my reluctant readers who are just now finding their reading stride. I was excited to learn that teachers can create their own curated book lists too. I made a list called Eccentric Radio that includes books I featured here on the podcast. Imagine if you have books you want to organize for an upcoming unit or read alouds you want to put into a collection by trimester or topic, you can do that in book lists. That way your students can quickly find the books they need and you can easily connect books with readers. Try Book Taco today and get quality activities in the hands of your students. You can easily incorporate BookTaco resources with other remote learning activities and continue to support your students as they learn from home. Log on to booktaco.com and try out the book list feature today. That's booktaco.com. So normally in our uh, Let'scentric Radio lessons, we have text-dependent questions that match the specific book. And of course, we have that here. However, we are looking basically at two different texts. Because this is a collection of biographies, we're going to analyze really just two of them. So I actually have four questions here, which is kind of on the small side for the number of questions we usually have. But what's different is that these four questions are going to be asked of the piece about Prince, and they're also going to be asked about the piece about Richard Loving. So both pieces, we're going to ask the same four questions, and they're broad enough, yet deep enough, that um, really they apply to both. And because we're asking students to analyze pacing and also compare the pacing between these two pieces, it will be helpful for them to have the same lens to look at it through with the same set of questions. So um, some of the questions we're going to ask are, um, how did his early life influence his life's direction? That's something that we're going to be looking for in the pacing. So that's something we want to talk about with students. Another question is, um, how do people remember him? And both of these things, um, among others, are addressed 
in how the author has gone about constructing the biographies. But of course, the pacing and how that's accomplished is going to be different. In our bridge chart, we're going to actually, like I said, compare the two pieces, but we're going to use six different colors to do that. Now, I love to use different colored highlighters anytime I'm teaching pacing to students. And the reason is, is because in an entire piece, when you just see, you know, words written on a page, it's hard for students to gauge really the shifts that are happening and the decisions the author's making between the different things they're trying to accomplish. It's not just about paragraph to paragraph. So there could be one paragraph that's, you know, about a certain type of topic, and then it shifts, and then the next section is paced differently. Maybe there's three paragraphs in that next section. So students don't always pick up on that because this is a very high-level way to look at writing. But with the colors that we're going to use to really literally highlight those different pieces, um, the students will start to see how that shift happens throughout a piece. And because these pieces are similar enough, we can use the same set of colors with the same uh, purpose behind each color. And that's great because it provides a consistency that students need. We're not asking them to analyze completely different things. But the, um, the nice thing is that the pacing is slightly different enough that they'll notice it and the color will really bring that to life. So in our bridge chart, we're going to call it pacing and biographies. And it has two parts to it. One part that's really, really important that students are going to refer to quite a bit in our lesson are the six different colors and the purpose behind each of those colors in the highlighting we're going to do. The author has really accomplished six different things in these biographies. He has a certain type of organization that he's used, and it's very common in most biographies, but uh, I was really able to pull out specific language around what he accomplishes in each of these pieces. And those six things are early life, a glimpse into the future, hardship, achievements, impact, and remembrance. So those are the different types of things that the author is accomplishing using the content and the description of each of these people, Richard Loving and Prince. So I assigned each of those things a color. So early life is a green highlighter. The glimpse in the, into the future is yellow. Hardship is pink. Achievements blue. Impact orange. And remembrance purple. Now, it doesn't matter what colors you use. I just use the colors I have. There were six of them. It's kind of like a rainbow. Great. Sometimes when you analyze pieces of writing, you don't need nearly this many colors. Um, but in this case, he was achieving a lot in a short amount of text, and he really does shift his pacing throughout. And so some pieces, the, the pacing doesn't shift nearly that often. And of course, in other genres, it wouldn't necessarily work that way. But here, this is what the author's accomplishing in both pieces, and that way we can see the shift in the pacing when we highlight them. So to do this with students, what I would do is actually give each of them a copy of uh, the first biography, which is the biography of Prince. I would probably also include some real life um, images, maybe some video clips, some audio clips, considering Prince was a singer. And just to give them a little bit of background about really what he looked like, how he acted, um, what he sounded like. And I would do the same thing with any of the biographies, anything I can get my hands on just to bring that person to life a little bit more, make them a little more three-dimensional. The illustrations in this text are really interesting and they're really brightly colored. So it's kind of a fascinating way to look at these people. But I also think it's great to bring in the actual photos if we have them or any type of images that look a little more realistic. Because I just think it's great to balance that out. So once we've um, taken a look at Prince a little bit, we're actually gonna read more about him. And each student would have a copy 
of the actual biography and it's one page so that's easy to do with students. You can type it up cleanly or you can easily scan it or photocopy it and it'll be easy for kids to read and highlight. I would also, however, make sure that you have one for yourself under your dot cam or some other way to project it so that students can highlight along with you because this is not something I would expect students to be able to do on their own right away. I think it takes an awful lot of practice to do this. But again, because these biographies are written so consistently, they all have something about their early life. They all have something about hardship, for example. That's going to make it a lot easier for students to recognize when those shifts are occurring in the pieces. So every student should have the colors that they need and they don't have to be actual highlighters. You can underline um, you know, with crayons or colored pencils or markers, it doesn't really matter. But you wanna make sure that students have access to the colors they need and that you have them too. So what I would do for students is I would actually read aloud the entire piece for them. Again, it doesn't take long because it's just a brief one page, but this way they can hear how the whole piece hangs together and get a sense of where the author is going and how the author finishes the piece. Then I would go through with students and we would review what's on our anchor chart for the six different things that the author's accomplishing in this piece, the early life, glimpse into the future, hardship, achievements, impact, and remembrance. And because each of those has a color, we can you know, help students pick up that first color, which is green, early life. And we're gonna go back into the piece and start reading again. And anything that we agree represents the early life of the person in this biography, then that's what we're gonna highlight in green. So for example, the first paragraph in Prince's biography says, he was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota to a musical family. His father was a jazz musician and his mother was a singer who met in the same band they named Prince after, the Prince Rogers Trio. So there's our first paragraph. It's clearly an early life paragraph. Most biographies start with something either when the person was born, you know, usually that far back, or at least some pivotal moment in their early life. And really that leads into the next thing we're looking for with our yellow highlighter, which is a glimpse into the future. So often a biographer will start with, you know, how the child began their life and kind of what their life was like. And then we start to see them focusing in on one thread of their life that really kind of plays through who they're going to be in the future. And so for Prince, this is going to be any time that he um, is geared towards music. And that would make a lot of sense since he was a musician. So we go through each of these six um, pieces that the author is trying to accomplish and you support students, read each paragraph and have them help you decide, does it in fact meet those different criteria? And we highlight with those different colors. Now, the nice thing is about these two biographies in particular is that generally they follow the order of the colors that we have here, the early life, the glimpse in the future, hardship achievements, impact remembrance, and those colors, they, they follow that order. So it becomes easy for students to understand how this pattern is working. However, there are times when maybe there'll be one sentence in a paragraph that actually shifts to a different uh, purpose. So for example, in Prince's piece, his third paragraph is highlighted mostly in pink because it's about a hardship that he faced. But then at the very last sentence, it shifts back into glimpse of the future in yellow because he actually meets one of his future bandmates for the very first band that he starts. And so that again ties us into, that's not a hardship, right? But that's something that ties us into who he becomes in the future. So every once in a while, you'll see that in here, but generally it's pretty darn clean, this pacing. So you can really see what's being accomplished in each paragraph. And that's something our students don't often think about is that each paragraph has to accomplish something specific. And the author's done a beautiful job of that here. 
And after we've highlighted everything, we can really talk with students about what do you notice about the pacing here? Where does the author spend most of his time writing? Where does he go into most depth? What does he gloss over? Because every one of these is going to be a little bit different. And we'll do the same process with Richard Loving's piece. And his pacing, like I said, the order is generally the same of what the author is trying to accomplish because the genre is the same. However, the pacing is going to look a little bit different. There's going to be some areas where he spends far more time um, describing and going into detail versus when you compare it to Prince's. So the two comparisons really actually help students understand pacing a little bit more and how much the author has to make decisions about that pacing. And oftentimes that pacing is determined by the content that needs to be shared. Because remember, the content, we have, there's so much content that you have to sift through in order to write a biography, especially to take a person's life and kind of shrink it down into one page, right? So the author has done a great deal of work determining what's most important, determining what thread they're going to follow throughout the piece, and then adjust the pacing based on that thread. So that's something we want to point out to students. And again, this is not something I expect students to do on their own. However, with a little bit of practice, I know students can do this. I used to do this pacing piece. I often introduced it with narrative writing because when I was teaching first grade, we spent a lot of time working either in personal narratives or fictional narratives. And that was an um, area that my students had a lot of familiarity with because they'd been read to by me and by their families and different people. And um, because they were often writing narratives of their own. And so with pacing, we could highlight different things that they were achieving in those pieces and they could all of a sudden see, wow, you know, I spent all this time up front introducing these characters in the setting, but then the middle got really, really short and I, it's really underdeveloped. Or sometimes they'd realize, oh, I went to go highlight, you know, my conclusion section where I wrap up, you know, the problem and I realize I kind of don't even have it, like it's missing. So this technique of really highlighting and bringing out right in front of their eyes, you know, kind of what was missing, where they made their emphasis and how the emphasis should look in different types of genres was really, really valuable to them. And it became a great tool in between the drafting stage and um, really the editing revising stage because they could really see where they needed to spend their time revising and improving their piece. So in the writing task, I want students to be able to compare two biographies and the pacing of those biographies. So what I want them to do is actually select another biography from the text and go ahead and do the same pacing exercise with the um, colors behind the different purposes. And then I want them to compare that piece to one of the ones that we did together, either Richard Loving or Prince. And I don't want them necessarily to do two new ones and compare those because this is probably the first time my students are doing this. So let's go with one that's more familiar and has been highly supported by me and their peers and then with a new one. And the new one, actually, it could be a great idea for students to partner up with someone and do this exercise where they're highlighting and determining, you know, the different sections, even work in a small group. That would be perfectly acceptable to do. Anytime they're confused about, you know, the purpose or what color something should be, the teacher is right there to give them that support. In the end, they're going to do some comparing here. And so on the other part of our bridge chart, remember I said there's kind of two different sections. The first being those colors and the purpose behind those colors. The second is a couple of questions that will help us um, really think through how the pacing um, compares. So the first question being, how is the pacing similar? 
right, between these two pieces, whichever two pieces they are, and how is the pacing different, and then why is it different? Remember, we want them to understand that pacing isn't just about the speed, and not every section of a piece is going to have identical pacing to it. Some sections are going to be far longer and go far more into depth than others, and it doesn't mean that that's good or bad. It just means the author made those decisions. And the reason why they made those decisions is driven by the content and how they've determined what content is most important. So there's a lot of big things we're doing here with students, but this is just their first kind of glimpse into this and their first attempt. This type of lesson can be repeated across genres, across the school year. It can get more and more challenging as you go, especially if you have students, you have less and less support for them. You could eventually have a task like this and put it in a literacy center where students do this independently or even just with a partner and then reflect on it afterwards. That would be a great extension once students get more familiar with this type of project. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Litcentric Radio. I'm so excited that we're well in the middle of our season five here. I can't believe we're already in the fifth season. It's very exciting. And I'm just so glad that you tune in week after week. Now, if you're looking for a way that you can support the show, I would be so appreciative if you could please let a fellow teacher know about this show that you listen to week after week and how it has influenced and hopefully supported the teaching and learning that goes on in your classroom. So if you could tell a teacher you know, send them an email with a link to the podcast, if you could post it on Instagram or Facebook or any of the social media channels that you use, I would greatly appreciate that. I hope to grow the show and I love the fact that I have a loyal listener base now and I'd love that to be even bigger and broader and get even more kind of voices and uh, perspectives on this work. Again, thank you so much for tuning in every week. We'll see you next time. Have a great day at school.